0: Die, We won't give in. We're number one. We'll hold the line. We won't step back. We'll just attack time after time. We're lightning fast. We'll drive like rain. We won't be beat. We won't retreat. Ice in our veins. We are the storm from Melbourne. Town. We'll blow the others off the ground. We are the storm and we're not.
1: The Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast, episode 18. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. As always, I'm your host Colps, and I will be bringing you the latest news, views, and storm content over the 2023 season. Now, let's get on with the podcast, shall we?
0: Harry Grant Into the backfield, flimsy defence, a try under the post, and a half century for the Storm.
1: Oh, that was too easy. A week is a very long time in rugby league, ladies and gentlemen. From conceding an embarrassing 45 points the week before at the hands of the resurgent Cowboys, who look to have turned the corner in 2023, the Storm came out hard and fast and blew the Sharks away, scoring nine tries in total three of which came in an eight-minute period just before half-time, that put the Storm in a commanding position to go on with it in the second half and go on with it, they did. The intent and desire to atone on last week's deflating performance was telling, with the Storm's line speed in defence being absolutely relentless, forcing the Sharks to make errors in their own red zone and side of halfway very early on, which gave the Storm great field position to attack. The momentum and dominance of the ruck helped put the Storm on the front foot for the entire game, thanks to the platform laid by middle forwards, namely in Tuikami Kamikamita, who was enormous for the Storm. I'd, I'd go as far to say that was probably his best performance in a Melbourne Storm jersey. He was dynamic with... Captain Christian Welsh, Tariq Sims and Josh King as middles jumping on the back of the big Fijians go forward. This allowed for Harry Grant to run and scheme with time and room where he had the Sharks markers and their A and B defenders in all sorts. They had no idea what was going on and he capitalised upon that, jumping out and just causing havoc, picking the Sharks middle apart. I haven't seen a quicker ruck speed. and and speed of the play the ball as I did last week by any side in the competition this season. The Storm were on and they were on in a big way, proving that when they do get it right and they are all on the same page, everyone doing their job, the forwards coming off the back fence and really, really laying that platform for Harry Grant to play on the back of, which then allows the halves to play over the advantage line and run first mentality they're near unstoppable and hard to claw back, which was evident uh, on Sunday against the Sharks. The challenge now is, for Melbourne, is to maintain it, to find that consistency the way teams like Panthers, Broncos, and probably to a lesser extent, but they've been pretty consistent, the Rabbitohs, have been able to do so in 2023, minimising the gap between the Storms' best game and their worst game. that That's that's the biggest challenge for, for this Melbourne team uh, in 2023 because at the moment there's still... If, if we say that the performance against the Sharks on the weekend was a 9 out of 10, they should be trying to at least have 7.5 as their worst performance whilst at the moment you'd probably say that it's a measly 5. Um, and potentially worse, which we've seen uh, against the Cowboys. But when they're losing games, they're they're going away from what really, really works. And that's that real strong, aggressive line speed in defence. The middles virtually looking in the mirror and realising how big they are, and that they can take it and challenge any other pack in the competition, which was evident again on on Sunday against the Sharks. More so when the fact that you lose someone like Elisa Katoa to an uh, an eye injury, uh, or a cut above the eye, I should say, and then having your best middle forward, your biggest middle forward, in Nelson Sofa-Solomona, shifted to an edge, which means that he wasn't even partaking in the demolition of the middle. Imagine if he had maintained that middle rotation, hell, that would have been, or it would have been worse for Cronulla. Um, But Nelson did well, causing havoc on the right edge, replacing Katoa, who succumbed to the laceration uh, above his eye. Uh, it It was like, it was watching men against boys out there. It was like, give it to the big kid. Um, in under sixes, it was yeah, it was it was unfair. He uh, absolutely terrorised um, that that left edge defence for Cronulla mainly made a beeline for poor old Matty Moylan, who was just left wanting, uh, but wasn't helped by the likes of his inside and outside men in um, in Talakai and and uh, T Wilton. But um, yeah, made for a very uncomfortable afternoon for Mister Moylan, but um. No, they the storm were on, and when asked about the turnaround in the performance, um, here's what uh, here's what Craig Bellamy had to say in the post match press conference. Did
2: you make of the performance overall? Yeah, I thought we were good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's probably still a couple of things we can improve in, but we done a whole loop of better things. You know, this way, especially with the offence, obviously, like to have. Yeah, you know, they're a really good attacking side. They they can shift the ball and shift the ball quickly. Um, so we knew that was, you know, we'd have to um, work really hard in our line. And you know, when the when the ball goes past you uh, today, so in which you know the guys did, they they've done a great job there. Um, yeah, like I say, that's the thing that we really wanted to improve this week after last week was our defence, and and we did. Um, I think we, you know, I think the game was sort of won and lost there. You know, probably the second half of the first half. You know, they made a lot of mistakes coming out of their own end, and I think that came from a little bit of pressure from us from our defence, and they were struggling to get out. And uh, you know, they made a few errors, and while we didn't, we didn't take advantage of those errors straight away. Um, I think the pressure built and then all of a sudden the, the dam busted and you know, we scored you know, what three tries in the last eight minutes or whatever of that first half. Um, you know, I think that's that was the part that, that won us the game and then you know, we had some real desperation with our defence in the second half with you know, Nick um, tackling I think it was was um, Young Kennedy down on the sideline. Like that was yeah, you know, it looked like he was going to score for all money, but you know, Nick found a way to put him in the touch. So yeah, so like I say, you know, we were just a lot more desperate with our defence tonight and overall that's what, you know, wants us wants the game and give us that score.
1: That must be the most frustrating thing for Craig Bellamy when he sees a performance like we did against the Sharks uh in talks about the pressure that was applied to the Sharks through the defensive line speed across the 80 minutes. Yet, where was that against the Cowboys? So you can do it one week, but you can't do it the next. So again, we talk about this this challenge of finding consistency in being able to maintain it week on week on week because we're seeing it with teams like... Panthers and the Broncos who have been able to do it, and the Rabbitohs, whilst the Storm are showing it in in glimpses and fleeting moments, but there's not that consistency week to week. We've probably seen it. We've probably seen it over a three or four week period, and you go back to earlier in the year when the Storm played West Tigers. Um, The Rabbitohs and then the Roosters. That was probably that three four week period where they they were they have been their most consistent. Um, But then again, it's week on week on, week on week off, week on week off, week on week off. So the the challenge presenting Bellamy and his troops now is to say, okay, guys, look what you did against the Sharks. Now you have to replicate that for the remaining 12 or so rounds leading into the finals. Because if you do that, you're putting yourself in the shop front window to challenge for the premiership. And when I say challenge, I mean be a real contender. Because a performance like that doesn't just happen by chance, doesn't just happen by fluke. It happens because you're applying your attitude in defence. And that, that's that's the big thing, because once you get your defence right, your attack comes on the back of it. Your attack comes on the back of it. We know that there's two facets of the game. You have your defence and you have your attack or your offence. And it's all well and good to, to, to score points. And as fans, we love seeing that, because that's the entertainment aspect of, of the product. So that is rugby league. But from a purist perspective... Defence wins games, Defence wins premierships. Now you go through 115 years of premiership history across Australian Rugby League and 99.9% of the time you'll find that the two combatants in the grand final or the premiers will always be in the top 2 defensive in the top 2 defensive teams all season. And You think about it, there was a stat that if you look at Craig Bellamy's 21 years as Storm coach, you take out 2010 as an anomaly because of the salary cap scandal and situation that unfolded, but not only has he made the finals 20 out of those 21 years, he's made nine grand finals and across I think they said across the 19 seasons four seasons or no four seasons four seasons he's been his storm sides have been in the top two defensively so that that's that's the detail and the rest the rest of it is it's always been top four so at the at the very at the very worst whenever the storm have found themselves in a grand final at worst they've been in the top 4 defensive, best defensive teams so the proofs in the pudding it's all it all comes down to defense and that's why you look at the panthers this season you know they might not be scoring points like they have done over the past 3 seasons in 2020 21 22 but their defence is still holding up. And that's what's winning them games. So they don't necessarily have to go out and blow teams away by 30 and 40 points every single week. They're happy to win games by 6, 8, 10 points. As long as their defence is there. And that's that's what it all comes down to. So as I said, the challenge now for Melbourne Storm is to maintain that defensive display the pressure that they showed and applied to the Sharks last Sunday to find that consistency, minimizing the gap between their best and their worst performance. If they do that, they're going to put themselves in a great position to to get back into that top four, where currently they are they are now entrenched in the top four, and we know how close. The competition is because of the latter, um, and as I made mention to last week, you win a game, you continue to sort of put yourself in a position to be in that top four. You drop a game, you potentially could be in the bottom part of the eight. You lose, you drop two games, you're out of the eight. That's how that's how close this competition is. So at the moment, the storm sit third on 20 points. Two points behind the Broncos, who are equal first, but second on for and against, on 22 points. So, the main... the main focus for the Storm is just to continue to just build... build that consistency in their game, and the rest will take care of itself. And if they do that, well, top four four will be guaranteed. But... Again, it, it really comes down to that consistency factor. So, because if you look at the teams that are underneath the storm at the moment, you got the Rabbitohs, who are in fourth on 18. The Sharks, in fifth, who are on 18 points. The Warriors, um, sixth on 18 points. The Raiders are in seventh on 18 points. And the Seagulls, eighth. On 17 points, so and then you've seen the Eels all of a sudden start to string some games together after after a very slow start to the year, and they're they're only one point out of the eight. So if they win this week, they're in contention. They're in contention for the top eight, and they've got a positive 74. So they've got a better for and against than the Sharks, the Warriors, the Raiders, and the Seagulls. So all of a sudden, they're ninth. If they win, they go straight to fifth. That's how close this comp is. So defense is everything. So whilst it was good, and I spoke to it last week in the podcast, I spoke to the Storm really needed to get their for and against going. They really needed to start to post some points. And, yeah, they did. They did. They went from having a negative for and against to now positive 43 um, so at the moment they're they're ranked fourth defensive best fourth or fourth best defensive team so the Panthers are first only conceding 149 points this season the second are the Warriors believe it or not who have conceded 258 points. And... Storm, actually third, sorry. They're conceding 261 with the Broncos on fourth on 263. So much of a muchness there. So, again, third best defensive team and currently sitting on third. So, the proof is in the pudding in that regard. So... It really comes down to that fact of they need, they need to really, really continue to keep that defensive ap- aptitude up. Now, there was unfortunately some bad news to come out of the emphatic victory against the Sharks with Prop Christian Welsh put on report, penalised and sinned being for a hip drop tackle on Sharks front rower Royce Hunt, which has resulted in the Storm captain being suspended one game after pleading guilty to the charge by the match review committee when asked about the incident post game here's what Walshie had to say
0: um, uh, Christian in terms of your sin binning and that like how did you see the tackle and you know do you have any
3: concerns that you might not be available for origin oh probably my first concern is the player I just hope he's alright and obviously you don't go out there to injure someone like that um so I hope he's right, I've gone and apologised. Um, I don't know, I haven't really watched it, to be honest. I, hopefully I you know I think i would lean on the ground first, and then just a bit of a ugly tackle, so I don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, obviously I wasn't in the team for game one, so I don't know if I was would even be picked, to be honest, so I've just got to wait and see what happens. Yeah,
1: disappointing for Welshie. Um On two fronts, one Being suspended and and missing um, the game against West Tigers this week and sadly also missing out on Origin selection as well. So being 19th man for game one um, and now completely missing Origin 2 because of suspension. But Like you said um, in the press conference, he... uh, he had doubts that he would have been there for for game two, regardless due to the uh, due to the form uh, and win of the Queensland Maroons in game one. So, it could have been worse if they uh, if Walshy did decide to challenge uh, the 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 charge uh, and lost. it Potentially, could have been two weeks. So, cop the week um, and. He'll be back for the Manly Warringah Seagulls game back at Amy Park. So, um, yeah, it it was an unsavoury incident and unfortunately hip drops, as we've seen thus far in 2023, have been a bit of a trend in the game. Um, And the definition, again, very subjective, but the main... I suppose the main indicator of a hip drop is that as soon as a player, a defensive player, loses their legs, which Welshie did, so straight then and there, it it looked like he was going to be in strife, and the match review committee um, thought so as well, handing him a suspension. So, um, yeah, very disappointing for Welshie. Uh He's not that type of player. That I don't think there was any malice. Or intent in it. It's unfortunately, it's 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 one of those things now where it becomes so scrutinised that as soon as a player loses their legs, it's almost a fait accompli that they are going to be suspended. So again, it's he's not the first player, and he definitely won't be the last player to be suspended for uh, this type of uh, defensive manoeuvre, which is, um which has crept into the game. So uh, a little disappointing, but. Alas, we'll um, we'll move on and uh, next man up mentality. So, uh, Storm great and legendary halfback Cooper Cronk, who appears on the Maddie Johns podcast on Fox League and Ko Sports every Tuesday night, was asked by Maddie Johns about the dramatic turnaround by the Storm. Um, Cronk provided great insight to what the week would have been like leading up to the Sharks' clash. So let's hear a little bit of what Kronk had to say about Craig Bellamy and the players responding and preparing, coming off the disappointment of the Cowboys' defeat from the week before.
2: Uh, let's talk about club land. And you're outside the Melbourne Storm. Yep. Uh, they were incredible on, on Sunday, completely completely blew the Sharks away. Jerome Hughes, Munster, Harry Grant just keep coming in. Waves are relentless. Yet seven days previous, yep. they were putrid, as Craig yep. Bellamy called it. Yep. Well, what was what would have that seven days looked like for the Melbourne Storm?
3: Uh, it would have, would have been pretty um, personal review. I think he would have sort of eyeballed a few guys. Um, he would have brought up examples of lack of effort, lack of intensity, what was your job description here and, you know, you didn't do it type thing. Um, and sometimes when teams are under pressure or be- trying to bounce back, you, you, what Craig does really well is he finds the basics and hones in on that. So he wouldn't have spoken about the play. He would have spoken about supporting your mate when he runs the football. So when one person moves, the other one moves with them. So you talk about the spine. Every time... Jerome Hughes moves, yep. Munster, bang, right there. You know, everyone sort of, it's like the um, soldier crabs on the beach, right? One yep, moves, yep. everyone sort of follows. Yep. And that's the thing that he sort of coaches when you're under pressure. Same as defence. It's like, uh, you know, when someone makes a tackle, you are the most important person right now on the field, so make that your best effort. You yeah, gotcha. Um, he sort of coaches the basics when under pressure, and it seems to be the, the way to turn things around.
2: Um, just, would he have, like, the, The seven days previous, given how good Munster was in Origin 1, how good Harry Grant was as well, for them to come back and then play a stinker against North Queensland, would have Craig taken that personally?
3: Yep. Yep, because the example of what, let's say, what Cameron's done or what Billy's done for Storm after backing up for Queensland, he would have used that as an example because um, he doesn't expect... The origin players to come back come back and be the best players, they expect the team to drive the performance and the origin players just to play their role. Yeah, but right. The simple fact that the team didn't drive and the origin players didn't play their role, that's where he would have he's hit people the between the eyes.
1: Some really, really good insights there from Cooper Cronk, who, well, he knows better than most, having uh, played 323 games for the Melbourne Storm jersey. And I'm sure he's had... Quite a number of those conversations, uh, personal conversations with Craig Bellamy uh, during that uh, storied 16 years at the Melbourne Storm. So, yeah, really, really good to hear those insights. But that was the round 15 review. Now, teamless List Tuesday. Uh, the Melbourne Storm side will see several changes this week due to origin, injury, and suspension as they prepare to take on Wests Tigers at Campbelltown Sports Stadium this Saturday night. As Xavier Coates pulls on the Maroons jersey for Game Two on Origin of Origin, George Jennings. For the first time, this season will reprise his role on the Storm wing as he returns from a season-ending injury sustained in round one last year for 2022 season. Uh, Marion Seve also remains in the centres alongside Remus Smith after playing in his first game of the season last week. And wasn't he great? Fantastic. I was really, really happy to see Seve have a really, really strong game. After making their debuts earlier this season, Jonah Pezzett and Bronson Garlick are also eyeing a return to the starting lineup, while teammate Cameron Munster and Harry Grant are on origin duty with the Maroons. Tarek Sims, who has featured for 51 minutes off the bench in the Storm's recent win over the Sharks, has been named to take his place in the run on side, replacing Ellie Katoa, who has been sidelined with that laceration above the eye um again sims was he was it was probably his best game uh for the storm uh thus far in twenty twenty three as we know he's um he had a pre... um di- a, a disrupted preseason due to um some calf issues um which were inherited from the dragons because he also missed their preseason uh the year before that so he's still building that base of match fitness um, again you can do all the conditioning work you want at training um, it's it's that match fitness which is which is different and um, the the time away in the host plus cup f- for uh, Brisbane East Tigers hasn't en- has enabled him to to really really build that that match fitness now playing big minutes um, so coming coming into f- Coming into the NRL team, he's now looking much fitter, much quicker. His recovery time in terms of being being able to do repeated efforts defensively, uh, take multiple hit ups in sets, it's noticeable. Um, when he did make his debut uh, against the Gold Coast in round three, and then featured in um, the game, the ANZAC Day game. He looked slow. He looked sluggish. He looked like he was really, really struggling with the pace of the game. And that's when, when you have your, you're not building your base in your preseason, and then getting those minutes early on in the season when every other team and every other middle forward is getting their base um, in those early rounds. That Tarek Sims has been well behind the eight ball. So, the time away in Queensland Cup in the host plus cup for the Tigers getting. Getting those reps in, getting those minutes in, getting those miles and Ks in the legs um, has resulted in his best performance for the Storm last weekend. So it was really, really good to see. Okay, now let's have a look at the the team lists, shall we? So we'll start with our boys, the Storm. Nick Meaney, who again was dynamic against the Sharks on the weekend, um, is at fullback. On the wings, Will Warbrick and George Jennings, as made mention, will play his first game for the Storm in 2023. On the wing, replacing Xavier Coates, who's on origin duty. Rama Smith and Marion Seve have been named in the centres. Uh, Jonah Pezzett, uh and Jerome Hughes will be in the halves. In the forwards, Tui Kamitha and Nelson Osofa-Solomona will be in the front row with Bronson Garlic. Named at hooker. Trent Liero, Tarek Sims have been named in the second row with Josh King at lock. Uh, on the interchange bench, we've got Tyron Wishart, Tom Eisenhuth, Alec McDonald returns from that elbow injury, and Aaron Penne rounds out the 17. On the extended reserves list, we have Justin Olm named in jersey 18, Grant Anderson, Sua Fayalongo. Chris Lewis, and Kane Bradley. Now, for West's Tigers, Jareen Buller is at fullback, who's been a revelation since debuting uh, for West's. Uh, David Nofaluma, former Storm player. Come back, Nofa. Uh, Junior Tupo on the wings. Uh, Brent Naden and Asu Kapoa are in the centres. Stafford Toa, who is usually a wing slash center has been named at 5'8, replacing the injured Luke Brooks in the halves with Brendan Wakem shifting from 5'8 to halfback. In the forward pack we have Fenuwa Polo at front row with David Klemmer. Finua Polo being a Melbourne born and bred Victorian junior. Uh, Jake Simkin is at hooker. Isaiah Papali'i and Sean Bloor in the second row, with John Bateman shifting to lock for Wests. On the interchange uh, bench, they have a debutante, Talon De Silva. Now, a lot of experts have big raps on this kid. Uh, He's a local Western Suburbs Magpies product from the campbelltown Macarthur area. He's come through the... Western Suburbs Pathways, uh, and when I say the raps on him, they're virtually saying that he's the best number nine hooker since Robbie Farah. So that's quite a rap, um, with Farah being a tremendous number nine in his own right. Um, Tommy Talau, Alex Twal, and Alex Se- Seafarth are on the interchange bench for West's Tigers with Da Silva. On the extended reserves, Will Smith, the player, not the actor, Justin Matamua, Atissa James, Brandon Mansfield, and Tristan Riley round out the reserves. Now, just back on the Storms team list. Now, the 1-17 that's been listed there will definitely not be the the 17 that runs out um, at 7.30 on Saturday night against West. No way in the world. So what I mean by that is is that Justin Ollum, whilst uh, supposedly had been available for selection against the Sharks uh, in round 15, it was decided by the Storm to stand him down. So that became the Storm's um, decision, not the NRL's 11 uh, standout policy because it was Category 2, not a Category 1, but the Storm thought they would... Uh, would uh, do the right thing from a player welfare perspective and just allow him to uh, to have that week off. Um, so preservation and player welfare uh, at the forefront by Melbourne Storm. So that was great to see. And I commend the club on doing so too. Um, we live in the, the concussion era um, where head knocks. Um, we understand now with the research around about HIA and CTE and... Uh, everything that comes with uh, concussion um, is that we have to take it seriously and it's good to see that the Storm uh, are doing so. Uh, so, yep, so I, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that we will see Justin Olam take his place in the centres. Now, at the expense of who? Now, what I mean by that is, is that Remus Smith did not finish the game on the weekend. After scoring his try, he came off with hamstring tightness. Now, we don't know the severity of the hamstring tightness. It's definitely not a tear, but it's one of those situations where you get a tight hamstring, it could be a warning sign. So, depending on... Depending on how Smith gets through captain's run, um, the storm may be take the conservative and cautious approach and rest him. If that's the case, then Marion Seve would move to the right um, centre position and Justin Ollum would take his place back on the left, partnering George Jennings on the left edge who effectively is replacing Xavier Coates. So that's one change I am anticipating that will happen, that Ollum will come straight back in. Um, If Smith does play, if Smith does play, it wouldn't even surprise me to see Seve retained, but potentially will push out to the wing. Uh, Now, I'm not a fan of Seve on the wing. I've seen him play wing a few too many times, and it's funny You can be outstanding at centre, yet you move one out and you look like a completely different player and a fish out of water. And there was a game in 2020, the Storm played, um, two games actually, when Seve played on the wing. Uh, One of them was against Panthers at Campbelltown during that uh, COVID-affected season, and he He looked like he'd never played rugby league before it was it was a diabolical night for for poor old seve um but then put him back in the center and he looked like a well beater so it just goes to show that positions are such of a specialist nature that by attempting to strengthen one position you're actually weakening another um And such a move is not always going to be conducive to uh, a favourable result in that regard. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you need to replace a like for like. So, yeah, that would be interesting. The other interesting or potential change I could see is Kane Bradley, for the past two weeks, has found himself as 18th man. Uh, now, he's, he's named in the extended reserves list. Now, Bradley made his debut for the Storm back in round two against the Bulldogs um, after Xavier Coates succumbed to that AC joint injury against the Eels back in round one. So, Bradley potentially could replace George Jennings despite Jennings being named. So they're, they're the two they're the two obvious ones for me that potentially we could see Justin Ollum uh, named uh, either replacing Smith or Seve. And Kane Bradley potentially making his way onto the wing for George Jennings or Seve shifting to the wing replacing George Jennings. So they're the two ones. They're the two obvious ones that I'm thinking um, will be more likely we'll see come kick off. So we'll just have to we'll have to see and and, and watch that space too. The other one that potentially could um, play play out would be whilst Bronson Garlic has been named at nine um we could see Tyron Wishart start there with garlic coming off the bench as he's done thus far um but I heard an interesting uh, comment um today on SEN radio Jimmy Smith was talking about Craig Bellamy, gave Bronson Garlic the opportunity to play last week against the Sharks but he said you're only going to get really 30 minutes um, you can either play and get your 30 minutes or you can go back to to host plus cup and play the full 80 and get your get your minutes up get your match fitness up and then come back against West Tigers in round 16 and play more minutes because you're going to have that base uh, of, of match fitness and conditioning. Like we were saying before about Tarek Sims. Um, and he opted to to do that. He wanted to get more more game time, which would increase his overall match fitness. Um, and he's done that, which is fantastic. Hence why he's been named in the nine to replace Harry Grant, who's on origin duty. So we know one thing with Garlic; he's a worker. So defensively, you know what you're gonna get from Bronson Garlic. He's he's as tough as they come. He'll he'll put his head where you wouldn't put your feet. So he's in that, that mould that, you know what you're gonna get your Dallas Johnson's type, your Ryan Hinchcliffe type, your Josh King type, your Dal Fanukin type. Um, Garlic is cut from the same cloth. So defensively, um, he'll definitely stiffen up that middle. Um, whilst he's not as crafty um, and attackingly brilliant and quick as what uh, Harry Grant is, he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be. His job this week will just basically be clean, clean ball to the forwards, clean ball to the halves. Uh, when you see an opportunity run, especially on the back of Nelson, off a quick play the ball and try and get some yards. So that would be, that would be the three simple things that I'm sure Craig Bellamy will be drilling into. Garlic will, will virtually be good ball and good service delivery to the forwards. Early ball to the halves when they demand it and want it, and go for a run off the quicker quick play the balls uh, from the middles. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I suppose the other, just looking at this team again, the only other change I could possibly see would be to see Tom Eisenhuth potentially replace Tarek Sims at second row with Tarek Sims reverting back to the bench and playing as a middle. So that's that's one to keep an eye on as well. That's one to keep an eye on as well you know? <laughs> I suppose another left field one was Nelson playing second row last week um, for virtually all of the game when coming on to replace Eli Katoa. So could we see big Nelson back on the edge? Um, Who knows? It worked last week and it's worked previously in the past, uh, most notably against uh, the Panthers last year uh, and against the Warriors where he came on and really changed the game uh, and played on that edge. Uh, when Ellie Katoa was lost to a HIA. So, again, uh, this 17 will definitely not be the 17 that runs out um, come Saturday night at 7.30 at Campbelltown Sports Stadium. So, now let's look at Wests and where their dangers lie. I think the most obvious one is fullback and teen sensation Jareen Buller. Uh, The kid is a superstar. Um... He is dynamic. He is the type of off-the-cuff X-factor player, which he can pull something and do something out of nothing. Uh, and they're they're the dangerous players that you can you can do all the video on you want, but trying to go out there and stopping is one thing. Uh, doing so is another, and. He's shown in all of his performances this year, he is a very, very, very good player, very crafty. Um, and for a kid in his first season of of first grade NRL, he looks like a seasoned professional, especially defensively. Very, very impressive, very impressive. So he's he's the one that, that the Storm are really going to have to shut down because on the back of shape, He's got that ability to accelerate and get on the outside of his man, which sets up his centre and winger um, on the edges. So um, the Storm can ill afford to give him clean early ball. Uh, And again, this comes down to the kick returns and, and, and the general play kicking, which I made mention to last week, which was very, very frustrating from my perspective, is that the Storm kicking game needs to be better. Um, Jonah Pezzett, um, hopefully will bring that this week. And again, I'd like to see the kicking game, find space, find the grass between the pendulum. So between the wingers and the fullback, find the grass, turn them around. Don't throw it straight down their throat and allow them to start their sets off quickly. So that's something that I hope we don't see. Um... Because if you give this kid an inch, he'll take a yard and punish you on kick returns because he's just got that footwork, that turn of pace, um, the ability to crab across field and, and find a, a gap or a lazy defender in the defensive line. So um, Buller, to me, he's, he's the one the Storm really, really have to shut down. Uh, Junior Tupo and Nofa Luma, well, we know we know Luma. We know how good he is as a ball carrier on kick returns and starting sets off really, really well. Um, very aggressive ball-running winger um, that really comes in and takes a lot of pressure off, uh, off the off the Tigers' middles. So the Storm are really going to have to ensure that, again, it comes down to kicking game and really getting down there in numbers and not allowing the Tigers' back three to, to get ascendancy and Get their their sets started off really really well. the the other I suppose danger that I see. Look, their pack is their pack is strong. Their forward pack is very very strong. Uh, Fanul Pole is very underrated. He's been fantastic. Loves coming off the back fence. Uh, Clemmer is a seasoned professional. Um, Isaiah Papali'i is a handful. Sean Blaw can hit can run lines and the unorthodox nature of John Bateman. thats That would be the other aspect um, that the Storm really have, really have to try and worry. The thing with Bateman is that if you're naming him at lock, so he's virtually playing as a middle forward, it gives him the capacity to play both sides of the ruck, whilst if he's on an edge, he's sort of confined to that edge and he always sort of cuts back in. Um, he's got again. When I say unorthodox, he doesn't play to structure. He doesn't play to, to game plans. He will get the ball, and he'll just go berserk. And it's almost the fact that his own teammates don't know what he's going to do. He's he's that off the cuff. So your traditional edge back rollers will always run lines. They'll run decoys. They'll run blocks. They'll run shape. Uh, they'll run. Unders lines, overs lines, etc. Depending on depending on the the certain shape and shift that's coming uh, the way of, it, of a team. Um, but Bateman Bateman goes against the grain. He doesn't really do shape too well because he's got his own shape, and part of that that's the unorthodoxy nature of John Bateman is that you can do video on him. But you don't know what he's going to do. So when he does get the ball, you may think he might be he might be running an overs line um, towards the outside man, and then all of a sudden he cuts back in, and then he'll kick for himself, and then he'll offload before he hits the ground. Like it's just one of those things where you do not know, you do not know. So and and he's he's a tough bugger. He's very very strong. He's got that English ilk about him where he's just. You can get you can get numbers on him, and he'll still find an offload and generate second phase play. So Bateman for mine, um, Papali'i and Blore as the edge back rowers uh, can be real handfuls, uh, and they'll they'll try and promote the ball as much as possible. And Doreen Buller, um, they're the, they're the dangers for mine, and really really trying to limit. Uh, the the back three of of, of West Tigers uh, in starting their sets. So again, kicking game is going to have to be have to be on point. Um, so fingers crossed, Jonah Pezet brings his boots uh, and can really really sort of turn West around uh, and play field position. So kick long, kick early, kick often. That would be my advice to to Jonah Pezet uh, and find the space, find the grass. Um, don't. Don't hand the ball over to them and get West's started, their set started in in, in good field position, which um, will put, put the Storm on the back foot. We don't want to see that. So that's where I think uh, the dangers lie for West Tigers and hopefully the Storm come to play and can adhere to uh, the threats that uh, the Tigers do offer. So time will tell. We'll find out Saturday night. <laughs> bit of an injury update. So, as we know, uh, Elisa Katoa uh, will not be playing... Uh, in round 16 against uh, Wests, uh, succumbing to that a laceration above his eye. So hopefully he will be available for selection in round 17. Um, the other one is, um, which I made mention to as well, Remus Smith, who's got hamstring tightness. So potentially he'll be a a, a watch and see prospect uh, and will be given... Um, I'd assume, until captain's run to prove his fitness. Uh, But I don't think the Storm will take any risks if there is a risk of uh, doing potentially further damage to a tight hamstring, which could result in a tear. If that's the case, I don't expect him to play. Um, Alec McDonald, as made mention, is back on the bench, so he's returned from that uh, elbow injury, which has kept him out since the Anzac Day round. Dean Iraniya, as we know, is gone for the season, uh, and uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, as uh, he made mention to last week, calling out the inaccuracy reporting that he was due back in three to four week period from the the long layoff of his uh, of his knee injury. So again, it's one of those things where he's continuing to build uh, and build on the deficiency uh, of the uh, of the muscles in and around the knee. Specifically, the quadriceps. So, that is the uh, that is the injury update for this week. Now, Storm News. I made mention last week that uh, that our young Stormers, our Jersey Flag team, uh, had won four in a row uh, leading into uh, the Sharks game last week, and uh, no and behold. They've now won five in a row. So well done to uh, to the young Stormers um, who are just continuing to build and grow in confidence week after week after week. So um, they've continued their hot streak against top six sides, uh, now defeating the second-place Cronulla Sharks last Sunday afternoon at Gosha's Paddock uh, with a 28-18 win. Uh, so, despite a constant shift in the makeup of the side due to injury, uh, the Storm continue to show resilience to take their run to five wins on the trot and close the gap to the top four. So, that's absolutely fantastic. So, really, really, uh, really good to see that they're continuing just to continue to build week on week on week and, and to do so with injuries as well. Uh, that's the thing. Like they haven't um, haven't even got their probably their best seventeen available to them, um, but the guys that are coming in are just doing the job. So, um, really, really impressive. Really um, satisfied for these for these young guys. Um, and again, I made mention to it last week. It's it's it goes to show that um, that the Melbourne Storm Academy um, that they've set up and their pathways. Program, uh, which is under the guise and guidance of uh, of former Melbourne Storm winger Matt Duffy, uh, is really really starting to take effect. So um, that's only going to continue to build in the years to come, which is very exciting um, for all concerned because it's 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 bringing players from other systems into, into the pathways, um, which familiarise them with the Melbourne Storm way uh, as well as the it's providing the pathway from the NRL Victoria uh, competition as well. So local homegrown juniors uh, that are coming through and, and being able to pull on the Melbourne Storm jersey um, as they aspire to play first grade, um, which is really, really good. So um, not very, very happy for, for the Storm, I think... Um, they're to be commended in that regard, in terms of wanting to wanting to really, really build that base now and that depth and the pathways that, that are there and coming through. So, not really, really impressive. Um, and let's hope uh, let's hope they continue to build and continue on their winning ways. So they uh, they will play uh, this week. Uh, I think they they travel to Newcastle. So they're on the road again. Um, so they've had they've had quite the the road trick, um, but it doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be uh, concerning them because they're they're showing that they've they've had the ability to win away now. Uh, they've won against the Rabbitohs at Redfern. Uh, they played the Sharks at Shark Park and won that game. Um, so traveling isn't an issue. For these young Storm players who are continuing to build. So, yeah, they will hit the road. They uh, they travel uh, to Cessnock Sports Ground this Saturday to play uh, the seventh place Newcastle Knights. So, big game. Big game. Let's see if they can make it six from six uh, and so- solidify their spot in the top four, which would be tremendous. <laughs> And our feeder clubs at the moment are doing pretty well as well. So Brisbane East Tigers are sitting at fourth. Um, so they've, they're on 19 points. Uh, they've had uh, eight wins, um, one draw and three losses for the year. Um, and the Sunshine Coast Falcons, uh, they're sitting on 15 points, one point out of the top eight uh, with a game in hand. So there was that game that unfortunately was um, postponed due to really, really bad weather. So they've got a game in hand to make up towards the end of the year as well. So um, they potentially too could be in the top eight. So not too, not too bad considering. Um, and they're getting, they're getting a lot of Storm players back now who are obviously back from injury uh, and making their way back through injury as well. So more than likely, if and when uh, the time does come, the Sunshine Coast Falcons will have Ryan Pappenhausen lining up, for, lining up for them as well. So they're only going to get stronger as the uh, as they go into the the business end of the season. So let's hope both our uh, our, our feeder teams can continue on their winning ways uh, as the finals approach towards uh, the business end of the year. <laughs> Now something a little different. Uh, I threw it out on uh, the Stormcast with Gob's social media pages and platforms um, to ask ask Stormcast with Gob's some questions, um, and uh, I had a couple of bites. Which um, so for those of you who who did respond, um, really appreciate it, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the Q and A. And it might be something that I look to do every single week now. Uh, so just have that engagement piece with uh, with you, the listener. So the first one comes from Justin Hemming. Uh, so, good day, Justin. Thank you so much for listening and your support. Justin asks Gobbs, Queensland or New South Wales? Queensland. Queensland every single day of the week. Um, I say that as an unabashed Queensland fan, uh, despite living in NME territory in New South Wales. uh, But no, Queensland, I I think they've shown their hand um, through the way they performed uh, and the resilience, especially the the resilience they showed in in Game 1 in in Adelaide. um, That last 11 minutes of that game where they lost Flegler and were down to 12 men and were able to pull on virtually three unanswered tries to win the game. Uh, that just goes to show you the 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 spirit the camaraderie um the will the want the desire everything that um we've we've heard about the uh, the maroon jersey um for uh, for well over 43 years now that the origin concept has been alive so um and the he, just the coaching of Billy Slater is just it should not be Take him for granted. He is an exceptional coach. Um, you know, there's been things written about him the last couple of days in and around his attention to detail and taking that to a whole new level. Um, talking about hours and hours and hours of him studying not only Queensland players but potential New South Wales threats uh, and players uh, across um, across the start of the season leading up to Oregon. So, it, it, you don't have to look far to see why, and how he's the way he is. When you've had someone like Craig Bellamy coach him for all of his playing career, he's picked up all those traits in terms of the work ethic, the diligence, um, and it's showing in his coaching. It's it's really really showing that he is a byproduct of a Craig Bellamy coach player and you're starting to see a lot of those traits in specifically in his work ethic and the amount of effort and attention to detail he puts into his coaching. Um, the one-on-ones that he's, he's doing with the players, yeah, just outstanding. Uh, and it, it, it's no surprise that they're now in a position um, come come next Wednesday to wrap up the series, and that doesn't happen by chance. That happens through hard work, and there is no harder worker in the room than Billy Slater. So uh, to answer your question, it definitely is Queensland for me. Um, They seem settled. Um, They know the style of play that they want to play with. Um, They knew the players that they wanted to pick right from the get-go. The changes that they've had to make have been through injury, the force changes. Um, So it's not like there's been a total disruption uh, to the balance and the nucleus of their side. They've still got all their key positions, players, um, unlike the rabble that is New South Wales, which has a lot of people scratching their heads in and around what were they doing with Nico Hines, where all of a sudden um, he was being tipped to potentially... um, unseat Jerome Luai as a halves, halves partner for uh, Nathan Cleary, only to be selected uh, in the 14 jersey to be the utility for game one, and now he's not even good enough to be in the, as 18th man? He's not even there. Like, how does that happen? And then you look at Mitchell Moses, who wasn't even in the squad for game one, wasn't even 18th or 19th man, now all of a sudden he's the halfback? You know, it's just, it's beggar's belief. And Latrell Mitchell goes down today, ruled out, and they bring in Stephen Crichton and they bring in Matt Burton as 18th man. Yet, Nico, nowhere to be seen. Like, it's just, yeah. When I say that Queensland is settled and they know who they wanted to pick, and the changes that they've had to make have been through injury, not through through necessity, as opposed to going out and just virtually throwing a dart at the board and hoping to see who they're going to pick. It's yeah, uh, you look at you look at their 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 prep going to game two as opposed to the New South Wales team that's going to game two. Um, yeah, it's it looks it looks miles apart in terms of being settled. So. Um, I'm anticipating a Queensland victory, Justin. So, thank you very much for the uh, for the question. Also got a uh, a question from Larry Taylor. So, good day Larry, thank you very much for for listening and thank you for the question. Larry says, how good is it knowing that you have become such a valuable asset to the Mighty Army? Well, I'll take that as a compliment, I think. A, a, a mighty asset. Um, I'm not sure if I am a mighty asset, but if I am a uh, an asset in your eyes, Larry, I really appreciate the compliment. And um, look, I, I set this um, this podcast up to um, to give the storm a bit of bit of exposure and positive light, um, and really try and help the club grow its its profile, its brand, uh, its audience, uh, increase its fan base, its membership. Um, that's the purpose of this. I'm, I'm doing this to try and help the club. Um, so, if um, if you believe I'm a, um, I'm a valuable asset to the mighty army, as you put it, Larry, then I'm I'm happy to be one. So, thank you very much again for for that compliment and kind words. It, it is appreciated. So, um, thank you, thank you very much, and again, thank you for listening. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, and the third question comes from uh, Instagram uh, by, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this all right, Uh, Nungs Iro, Uh, apologies if I haven't. So Nungs says, when the Storm ain't playing, who is your second team you love to watch? Now, that's a very, very good question. And I can categorically tell you right now, it's not manly, um, and it never will be. So, But I'm really, really enjoying at the moment, I'm really enjoying the way the Broncos are attacking. Um, it's really good to see um, them playing some really high-energy, up-tempo um, attack. And I think a lot of that has come on the basis of the recruitment of Reese Walsh—he's provided another dimension uh, to the way they're playing football. Um, the way he gets uh, and joins in on 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 the back of shape uh, and his ability through his acceleration to get on the outside men just continues to create havoc and attacking opportunities for the Broncos, and that's that's their real threat uh, and why they've been so successful thus far this year. Um, so I'm really enjoying watching them play. I've got a, a lot of admiration uh, for the way the Panthers uh, defend. Um, I'm, I'm a rugby league purist, so I really enjoyed the defensive side of the game. Um, I could watch a, a game where the result could be 4-2 and I'll walk away so satisfied as a rugby league fan, so I really enjoyed the defensive aspect of the game. Uh, when I coached, um rugby league for eleven years. I was a very defensive orientated coach. That was my philosophy, is that um you need to you need to be able to stop points. It's all well and good scoring points, but stopping them is that's 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 where the uh that's where the science is in terms of being able to win and be competitive in that regard. So they're probably the two teams at the moment which I really, really do enjoy watching. Um and I suppose the I suppose the other team at the moment, which has caught a lot of people unawares, is I'm really enjoying watching the Warriors this season. So usually we've we've always come to the fact that the Warriors um, are a very flighty team, uh, but Coach Andrew Webster's he's brought a real defensive attitude and metal. Um, and still that sort of real resilience in their play. Um, and it's it's refreshing seeing them play. Like, the way they played against the Raiders last week was absolutely phenomenal. So they absorbed so much defensive pressure, um, lost a man to the bin, only conceded, what, four points, um, and then... Manage to go to half time come out and win the game, like after doing so much defensive work for the best part of fifty minutes um and to come out and win like the the warriors of old would have folded like a deck chair um and yeah, so really enjoying watching the resurgence of the warriors uh, which we haven't seen for such a long period of time, so that would probably be the top three. Mind really enjoy watching the Broncos attack really like watching the Panthers defend um, and just really liking seeing the Warriors resilient um they' that they're the they're the teams I enjoy watching do I have a soft spot for any of those teams absolutely not but again just I enjoy good football really really enjoy good football and those teams at the moment are playing a real good brand of football um yeah so um nungs i hope that uh, that answers your question and uh again really appreciate uh you nungs um you larry and you justin for for sending those questions in and again really really appreciate you uh for listening and supporting the podcast so thank you so much for that and uh Spread the word, and don't be a stranger. If you've got any other questions uh, you want to send in on a weekly basis, I'm more than happy to, uh, to respond to them. So thanks. thanks, gents. Well, that just about does it for, for this week. So uh, thank you so much for, uh, for your ears and your attention and, and listening as always. Um, I will be heading out to Campbelltown Sports Stadium this Saturday night um, to watch the Storm take on West's Tigers. Uh, So hopefully a lot of uh, New South Wales, Sydney-based Storm fans, uh, specifically members, uh, if you are a Sydney-based or a New South Wales-based Storm fan and you're not a member, I do urge you to get your... New South Wales Interstate Storm membership, where you do get tickets to redeem and you can attend the game for free, which uh, which I have done and we'll be doing this week. So, uh, really looking forward to getting out and seeing the storm on the road uh, in in uh, my backyard. Virtually, um, I'm a uh, a Southwest Sydney boy. I, I live in the Macarthur region, so uh, I'll be uh, I'll be rolling down Narellan Road and. Um, going down to Campbelltown and, and watching the storm play so yeah really really looking forward to to the game and seeing the boys in action alive in the flesh so uh, fingers crossed the storm get the the chocolates and that but um, again um, let's hope that is the that is the uh, the result that we're hoping for that um, despite the the plays missing um, through obviously suspension uh, as well as origin duty and injury. Let's hope the boys that uh, can come in and, and fill the void as uh, the the next man up mentality, uh, as the storm have been so well renowned for uh, for such a long period of time. So that's the challenge for these guys that are coming in. So step up, do your job, uh, so everyone else can do theirs. Um, but apart from that, uh, have a tremendous weekend, one and all. Enjoy your rugby league. And uh, yeah, let's hope. Uh, Let's hope the storm can get it, eh? Let's go.